0: Welcome to the Movement Code Podcast, where we help you decode movement, health, and lifestyle so that you can expand and grow. Hey guys, my name is Antonio Gurley, your host for the Movement Code Podcast. I am a father, husband, business owner, rehab practitioner, and coach. Information overload has paralyzed many of us, and we are overwhelmed with good intentions and don't know what or who to trust. We aim to provide you clarity and confidence by bringing you expert advice for the everyday person. Thanks for spending some time with me today and enjoy the episode. All right, how's everyone doing today? Welcome back to the Movement Code Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Dr. Ginger Wolf, who is a functional medicine provider here in Boulder, Colorado, and we go over, um, we go over, uh, a range of different topics, talking about supplementation and testing, and really just kind of getting a better idea of what function what a functional medicine provider actually does and what how they can help you. Um, and I found it very beneficial. I have not seen a functional medicine provider myself, and I connected with Dr. Wolf because I've had patients ask me questions that I don't have the answers to, who wanted to also find someone who is not quote-unquote mainstream medicine and and so we dive into that and, and we and we kind of break down what that means and what that is because a lot of people are asking different questions and we dive into some of the potential reasons as to why we think we're seeing certain chronic issues coming up so if you're if you like nerding out a little bit more about the granular stuff, you know, talking about supplementation, uh, maybe some of the theories as to why we're seeing autoimmune disorders, etc. I think this will be very beneficial for you guys. To uh, hang with me, we, This was we, we've had a, a hard time with the audio on this episode, so it's a little broken up, internet connection issues and just some distortion, so I, I apologize for that. We've tried cleaning it up as best as we can, but nonetheless, the information is still very valuable and very good, so I'm really looking forward to you guys joining us on this and, uh, and following along uh, before we get started. One last thing is, if you have not done so yet, make sure you jump on our newsletter list. In addition to these podcast episodes being pushed out to you guys into this newsletter, you'll also be able to get some of our most recent updates and posts on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube where we – Where we give you guys uh, videos, videos specifically, usually based on teaching you how to move better, usually uh, usually reviewing or rendering some sort of pain point. So that is the best way to stay up to date with some of the content we're putting out. And as always, if you subscribe to YouTube, you'll get those pushed. If you're on Instagram,
1: turn on your notifications, you see those posts coming up. Um, so we really appreciate you guys doing that, and enjoy the episode. All right, great. Uh, all right, so I wanted to introduce to the Movement Code Podcast Dr.
0: Ginger Wolf of Wolf Functional Medicine here in Boulder, Colorado. Hello,
2: Antonio. of course. Thank you for having
0: me. So, um, as uh, and I should have asked prior, do you do you normally just go by Dr. Wolf?
2: You, I tell my patients, you can call me
0: whatever you want. Okay, perfect. It's nice. <laughs> uh, so as Dr. Wolf and I were chatting with beforehand, um, we have not formally met each other uh, yet. It's been more through more through the power of social media, on Facebook recommendations, et cetera. Uh, but Dr. Wolf, as we introduced, is a functional medicine provider here in Colorado, and they're being Just being in Colorado, I think a lot of people are asking questions about functional medicine, wanting different answers to, or sorry, they're asking different questions about different health concerns or health topics. And um, Dr. Ginger Wolf has so far been my go-to for referrals. So I'm looking forward to asking her more questions because I myself do not really know anything about this um, area of expertise. Uh, as most of you know, Nichelle and I. We focus on more of a movement-based approach, much more rehab-based, while nutrition is definitely a strong, a strong component of that. Um, uh, that's about the extent of my <laughs> knowledge and expertise and capability. So I'm, looking really, I'm really looking forward to asking some of these questions. So we're just going to kick it right off with what is functional yeah. medicine.
1: <laughs>
2: Uh, You know, that's the question I get all the time. And I I really struggle with how to keep that answer short. Uh, But I will do my best today. And I feel like, you know, it's a good thing that it's kind of a buzz phrase right now, functional medicine, right? I mean, we're talking a lot about it in Colorado. And I think it's really kind of catching on across the country as well. And I think that is a great thing because patients are starting to question what more can they do for their health? Like, you know, up until now, they've thought that, you know, they, they didn't have options. And when you start to hear this phrase and you look into it more, you realize that there's a lot more that you can find out about your health and you can get to someone who will dig deeper. So, what is functional medicine? I will say that I hope um, on a large scale that the amount of practitioners who are, fun- or who are practicing functional medicine are actually going about it with a natural approach and looking more at um, finding the root cause of a patient's health concern. Uh, In my practice, I like to explain it as full spectrum, integrative internal medicine. So what I mean by that is that full spectrum, we are going to white glove everything, dig very deep, um, do a very comprehensive health history look at everything we can possibly look at to sort of tie the pieces together, put the puzzle together as to what's going on with your, your particular health concern. Um, integrative, I mean, I'm looking at sometimes we have to bring in the other side. Sometimes we do have to bring in mainstream medicine. We primarily work from a natural health perspective, so we're looking at natural supplements and things we can do to help turn your health around naturally, but occasionally we do have to cross over to that other side when it's necessary, and there are times where it isn't necessary. So in that case, I will bring in my nurse practitioner, and sometimes we have to do IVs, sometimes we have to um, get a prescription of some sort, but that's rare. But when we need it, we use it because we're looking at everything we can possibly do to get this patient better. internal medicine. Um, my my studies and my um, background are, um, I have a diplomat in internal medicine, she's so a diplomat, American board of chiropractic internist. So anything that you go see an internal medicine doctor for, you could come to me for. Um, and I think the thing that really sets us apart as functional medicine doctors, especially in our clinic, is the amount of comprehensive testing that we can offer. Um, And it's not that these tests aren't available in mainstream medicine. It's just that they're so confined as to what they can actually do. So we don't have to work within that box. We can look outside that box and, like I said, dig deeper, um, run the tests that we need to run. Um, So often I get blood work in from other doctors from mainstream and it's really not, in my opinion, it's not complete enough. There's, there's so much more that you can look at, even in blood work, the most simple test you can get, um, that's just overlooked and not even looked into. So um, that's something that really sets us apart as functional medicine doctors. And lastly, I pride myself on this. Um, I had a teacher who said, you know, good doctors know what to do, but great doctors know why. And as a patient, you should always be asking your doctor why. Why are you Why are you prescribing that medication? Um, why am I even here? Why do I have this condition? What's happening to me? Like your doctor should be able to answer why. So that is always my goal as a practitioner: is to be able to look my patients in the eye and give them the why to you know their condition or what it is they're dealing with, um, and explain to them why we're going to do what we're going to do, so that they understand it. But that's. How I see
0: functional medicine. No, in my that's practice. great, and I think um, there's there's a couple of things that you had mentioned that I wanted to, uh, I guess, emphasize, and uh, I think emphasize is the right word. Just, and we didn't in, in in the introduction. I myself am a doctor. You're a doctor, so we both are chiropractors. So we're actually doctors of doctorates of chiropractic. And I what I want at least the listeners to to hear and understand because. Unfortunately, just like in all professions, there are some people that um, that uh, especially in chiropractic, when we say root cause, that term for sure is a buzzword that gets thrown around way too often because it's super easy to just say root cause now you backed up root cause with a very in-depth definition of what you're actually doing, right? Unfortunately, in the chiropractic world, oftentimes the root cause is simply just seen as a spinal subluxation or um, something wrong with the yeah. spine. While there are 100% influences on how that can affect it, we need to understand that root cause it's, it's usually a little bit more complex than simply a spinal subluxation, which I think is important to cause, important important to know, because as you're doing your vetting process for practitioners that you're going to see, asking well, like what are potential what are potential things of the root cause, right? If they don't have another answer than just saying the root cause, that should be a that should be a flag
1: that you need to you need to look a little further. Right,
2: absolutely. I mean, as a chiropractor, and I'm sure that you can agree with with me on this, is that we we sometimes have patients where You know, yes, they have spinal subluxation, and yes, we've we've worked on them. But you can just tell there's something else going on. There's something that might be creating some joint inflammation. Um, Maybe it's even a mood disorder. Maybe it's depression, anxiety. There's a host of things on today's environment, and we pick up on those things, and that's kind of. For me, that was always something that I wanted to look into deeper and, and really focus. Yeah,
0: on. Yeah, no, I think that's so valuable. Um, you know, my wife and I, as we we always have this conversation because there's a fine line of you know obviously trying to grow a practice in a certain way and be able to provide value to you know the, the, a number of people that would want 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 what we're providing. But with that being said, there's you know we want to be able to have more time to ask more questions, right? Like, and there's, there's certain models of practice where, you know, nothing against wellness models where you coming in and you're just getting adjusted. That's great. But you need time to ask more questions. And you need a provider that honestly has the time or is willing to even listen to what those questions would be.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is why I solely shifted my practice over to the other side. Is um, just a big campaign, you know, like this burning desire inside of me to, kind of investigate that side of things and, and really be able to sort of support a patient's health um, from that side. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of all sorts of natural health care. Um, I think there's a place for all of us, and I just I feel like this is a place where I can really serve. Yeah, that's great. Patients. Now,
0: um, what kind of pr- practitioners or licenses can can receive a functional medicine? Uh, is, is it a sure. – it's more than a certification, right? It's a licensure, Right.
2: Yes it's some of them are certifications um, you, you can take it as far as you want, depending upon what's offered to you within your your um, scope of practice or or your degree uh, but medical doctors, chiropractors, naturopathic doctors, and licensed acupuncturists all certification courses um, I did functional medicine university um, I will say that uh, I think that I always joke that I've been studying functional medicine since I was five because I had a mother who was sort of progressive for her time and, you know, I mean, the slightest rash and she was like mixing something up and the went on it, you know, but the last thing we did was go to the doctor. Um, she just never trusted mainstream medicine and she always thought that it was a better route to go the natural route. So um, I've sort of been in, engrossed in this for a long time, but I did functional medicine university just because I'm always... I think as practitioners, we're always learning, we're always growing, and we need to continually keep that up. Um, and then after that, I went on to um, go through the diplomate course um, provided through our chiropractic um, board, which was really intense and really was uh, such a great education. I, I can't say enough about it. I I it was there were so many things I was learning all the time that were so exciting to me because. I could just, you know, build on my knowledge and and expertise. That's awesome.
0: Now, so it sounds like, uh, this kind of ties into my next question was what is your story that led you into this? And it sounds like you've been around it to some capacity for a while.
2: I have. And, you know, even though my mother was very progressive and she really did try to go the natural route, I grew up, you know, in a small town in Pennsylvania, we were, we were meat and potatoes and, um, I, I mostly grew up on venison, um, which is healthy, but I wasn't getting a lot of healthy fats. And I also I had a mother who ran her own business at night, so you know, meals were kind of on us. We took care of ourselves and um, you know, we didn't always eat the best diet. So we had a lot of carbs, a lot of sugars. Um, you know, we grew up in a somewhat damp environment and um by the time I was in my um, mid like mid teens, I just started to have all sorts of you know digestive problems, and uh, eventually, you know, I kept researching and researching on my own, and and got to the root of that cause that problem for me, um, and it it sort of just spurred my intrigue into this world of. Of really looking deeper because my parents did end up taking me to several doctors and no one had an answer. Uh, everybody just said to me, you've got irritable bowel syndrome. And I'm like, that doesn't, that's just a, that's just a diagnosis. Um, I always say it shouldn't be called IBS. It should be called BS, <laughs> it's BS in my opinion. <laughs> So you know that that was sort of my my start down this road, um, and it wasn't it wasn't always you know intuitive, and there was a lot of studying and deep and digging deep that went on for my own health, um, and I learned a lot through that. Um, I always joke that I have like an arsenal of supplements at home because I'm just constantly looking into everything, and, and I've been doing that for years, probably twenty five years.
0: Now, with that being said, I'm going to jump ahead to another question: Is what are um uh, sorry, I lost my question here. Oh, what supplements is a big question. I mean, it's a billion-dollar industry—the health and supplement, um, you know, industry. And it's a question we obviously get a ton about. Like, oh, well, what supplements are good, or this, like this or that. What, what's in the public best interest as far as going with more reputable sources? We use we use one that's called Metagenics. We did a, you know, my wife did a pretty. And detailed vetting process for certain things. Companies that keep up with research—they're—they're they're putting the right forms um, within them. It's not—you know—it's something as simple as folate versus folic acid and different things like that. And now, and again, nothing wrong. People running businesses, but you see a lot of MLM companies and things like that that are promoting health and wellness as far as supplements. So, what should? listeners and general public be thinking about when trying to find supplements, obviously getting the right supplement based on symptoms and different things like that. But aside
1: from that, more of the vetting process of which products to use. Right.
2: Well, you know, I think buying from reputable um, facilities, distributors is definitely um, It's it's up there. I mean, you get what you pay for with supplements and you want them to work. I mean, what's the point of putting a supplement in your body if most of it isn't even bioavailable or your body can't even assimilate it? And the problem with a lot of over-the-counter supplements, like something you might see at your local grocery store or at your pharmacy, um, so many of those, they don't have, they're not a pharmaceutical-grade supplement. So there are several fillers, binders, dyes, in addition to whatever the supplement is. Let's just say you're going to buy like a 5,000 milligram vitamin C. You may only be absorbing Mm. 50 milligrams of that. Whereas if you're going with a pharmaceutical grade supplement, those companies are are held to a certain standard and they have to be 99% pure. They have to be derived from natural substances, not synthetic substances. And uh, because of that, they're going to be assimilated in your body much better. They're going to be much more bioavailable to your body. So when you take the supplement, you get what you pay for, it, right? So it's actually effective. Um, you can spend a lot of money on supplements and have them not be effective. So um, I have my own online dispensary. I work with only you know top-notch pharmaceutical-grade supplement companies. I have several that Probably a top five that I really love, but um, certain ones that I learned, like for certain things and certain patients, um, but they're all pharmaceutical grade, and they're all top-notch something companies, and again, the difference in price is not that much, but it's enough that it's going to it's, it's going to favor your health much, much yeah. more. No, that's uh,
0: I mean, it, it, at, at face value, it doesn't seem like it's that much, but you end up paying more if you're not getting what you need out of it, right? <laughs> Uh now so you had you had briefly mentioned this what are what are a few of the main tests that you find that you do that might be different than the mainstream medical system so blood work alone like that alone is a pretty standard test but again and this kind of goes into it I guess is the difference between Um, looking at normal, within normal ranges, right? I feel like many tests, you're just like, oh, well, this looks normal within normal ranges. So what might be different that you're looking for as far as the same tests and or different tests you might be providing patients?
2: I love that question because I feel like this is something where, you know, just being educated on the topic, go into any doctor, any provider you see and, and know what to ask for. Otherwise, you're just, you know, At their mercy. Um, But in mainstream medical, um, you're going to see just common blood work tests like a CMP or a CBC. So we're looking at like you know the blood count and then also the metabolic panel. Um, And also, like you said, with those ranges, they are looking, they aren't looking at optimal ranges. Um, If you flag high or low uh, within their ranges, those are actually average ranges where a patient is sick. So that's how they derive those ranges. That's how those ranges are established. Um, I'm looking for optimal ranges. I'm also looking at a comparison. Um, some, just for example, like I might be looking at. Um, I might be looking for sort of markers for, for nutrient deficiencies, which they're mm-hmm. never going to look at on a CBC, but it it might stand out to me. It's not a hundred percent. Uh, it's not an hundred or a hundred percent objective finding, but it helps put together the puzzle for me. And like I said, the more information I have, the more specific I can be. So, blood work alone, um, we're looking at different values for just those standard tests. But in addition to that, um, I run my comprehensive panel is probably about five pages long. So, I usually run a full thyroid panel. I'm not just running a TSH, which is kind of the standard in mainstream medicine. Um, I'm running um, inflammatory markers. I'm looking at your vitamin D levels. Um, sometimes I run genetic SNPs. Um, I'm looking into your lipid panel. I'm not just running a standard lipid panel, but I'll run something much more comprehensive. Um, I'll run anti-nuclear antibodies to look for any autoimmune disease. Uh, just several other markers that we look for that you know are really easy to put on any requisition form. Uh, just to get more information about a patient's health, but I rarely, rarely get blood work that is that comprehensive that it comes through my office. Um, And that's a real disappointment to me because I think that overall, it's a very inexpensive test to run anywhere. And I feel like it's a disservice to our community um, and our overall health. Uh, Outside of blood work, uh, we also run much more Comprehensive tests such as like PCR stool testing. We will sometimes run uh, heavy metal testing, microtoxin testing, um, neurotransmitter testing. My hormone tests are all either uh, saliva or urine. They're not serum because serum is just not it's hmm. just not specific enough, specifically in female. Uh, sometimes I'll run it on them, but rarely. So, you know, we're we're trying to give you the best possible healthcare that we can give you and get. The most specific answers that we can get,
1: so that we can give you that. Now, um, I personally feel
0: that I am in somewhat of the healthiest form that I have been in for a while, um, <laughs> just you know, for a number of different reasons, but. I don't like what kind of, I kind of feel like the same as you when you were talking about your childhood is we don't really go to the doctor all that much, which is funny because my sister-in-law is actually a general practitioner. And um, oftentimes at dinner table conversations, I'm not asking for any like personal uh, like questions about something, but she always recommends like, well, it'd be good for you to establish a relationship with a provider just in case something does come up. And I'm kind of like, well, I guess I'll, Cross that bridge when I get there. So my question, my long-winded question is, is, so, like someone in my situation uh, or a similar story, what should we look at potentially periodically look for or test? Should I be, you know,
1: occasionally checking my oil or establishing a relationship with someone as yourself if I want to go down this non-mainstream way?
2: So with someone who's otherwise work, otherwise appears healthy, and um, generally lives a healthy lifestyle. Um, if you've never gone through this process before, I would say initially, yes, let's run that full comprehensive blood panel. Let's just make sure we're not missing anything. Um, let's just look at every aspect that we can look at to make sure that nothing's getting overlooked and we can address any potential health problems that, that might be silent right now. Um, the other tests that I really would Encourage most people to do is mm-hmm. a stool test, and a stool test in our office is much different than what you get in mainstream medicine. It's so much more comprehensive. Uh, one, it's a PCR test, so it's much more specific uh, than a bacterial culture. Sometimes I do get PCR that rolled through my office from um, in a, a hospital, but it's still not as comprehensive. What, as sorry, just better
1: to interrupt. What's the PCR uh, test?
2: Polymerase oh. chain reaction. So it's kind of like a DNA type test. Um, the test that they run for COVID right now is PCR. It's I always joke with patients, it's like if you watch like CSI, you know, and you, you see them take the DNA and put that it on is. top of the DNA and we've got a map. So it's just very, very specific. Um, and it picks up active
1: infection hmm.
2: very very easily. So we're getting back, we're not getting, you know, with, with bacterial culture, what would happen is you might be having a bacteria or some pathogen growing in you, but when you take the culture and you try to grow it out on a plate, it doesn't grow, right? So that's not as specific as mm. the PCR test. We're not always—you don't always get the results that you want with those tests. So this test is, is phenomenal for that, and not only that, it just looks at uh, probably about fifty pathogenic type infections. That possibly could be lingering in your gut, um, causing a low-level chronic immune response because of that low-level chronic infection. Uh, those things are most often silent, and you really wreak havoc on your immune system. So, you know, if you appear otherwise healthy, um, it's a good test to have because you'd like to know if there's any potential, you know, problem kind of. Kind of growing in there or hanging out in there um, because sometimes it, all it takes is one little thing to take the scales whether it's like a you know a physical a chemical um, an emotional type stress situation uh, you can tip the scales and those little low-level infections can turn into big infections um, the other problem is if they're in there for long enough um, they eventually do cause a problem and a disruption in the immune function of the body and that is why we are seeing so much more of our immune. System. So, doing a gut test, um, a stool test, I think is um, really important. Um, Also, just because most of your immune function comes from your gut lining, so you want to make sure that your gut is functioning properly and the immune system's, you know, functioning properly. It's not on overdrive. It's not, it's not too weak, and there aren't too many, too many bad guys hanging out. Yeah,
1: so that
0: that kind of stems into the next thing I wanted to ask what are some of the trends you're starting to see just as far as Western society's lifestyle and habits? Uh, is it more of these quote unquote autoimmune disorders that are coming up or were they already there? They just weren't recognized and diagnosed.
1: I'm curious to get some of your perspectives on those. Uh,
2: I think it's, it's highly on the rise and I think it's due to the amount of toxins, chemicals, you know, environmental toxins, chemicals and foods, um, chemicals and vaccinations, if we dare go there, uh, things that we're introducing into our bodies from a very young age. And, and that was another reason sort of why I shifted this route
1: in my... That we're coming in with autoimmune events and Cheryl's with ulcerative colitis, that did not be happening.
2: So um, yes, I will say autoimmune thyroid disease is, is very, very prevalent right now. Um, lots of food sensitivities, um, not just gluten, not just dairy, but you know a lot of different food sensitivities. You can have a food sensitivity to a healthy food just because of a disruption in the immune system. If you have a hyperactive immune system, it's going on long enough. If it's always on overdrive, eventually it's going to short circuit and it's going to start attacking inflammation. So it's always good to check into that on a regular basis to make sure that that immune system is, is functioning um, in a healthy
0: healthy manner. Yeah, and that's, I think that's what's so interesting is like you hear these, you know, these stories where individuals say like, oh, I'm, I have a food sensitivity to, I mean, just pick like a random food. I was like, that seems very just random. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> like
2: blueberries, right? You know or god forbid kale and boulder, uh, but it can happen. And, and it generally happens with foods that you eat often. I see avocados a lot because, you know, people. You know, we're, we're into, we know that eating healthy fats is good for us. So some people get carried away and eat like three avocados a day every day. Well, typically the things that you eat on a regular basis are sometimes the things that your immune system, you know, like it's a little wonky, it starts to React to those foods, and and really, all of food sensitivity is is a low level autoimmune reaction. So you have to look at it. Just like just because it doesn't have an autoimmune condition disease name, doesn't mean that it isn't sort of an autoimmune issue in your health because those small little autoimmune issues turn into large Mm -hmm. autoimmune issues
0: yeah that's interesting now i'm curious just to see and and i think it obviously be just like any question it depends person dependent etc but what do you recommend as let's say as like kind of a you know, general-ish guideline for not a specific diet, but dietary recommendations, right? I know some people are maybe a little bit more prone to, yeah, a keto-ish base type of diet might be best for all, or, you know, that's starting to get a name on it, paleo. We know well-balanced, whole foods, et cetera. But do you find or or lean towards people needing more fats than maybe they're already getting or whatever that might be?
2: Yeah. I typically don't 100% jump into any particular Mm -hmm. brand and diet. Uh, My my dietary plans are sort of patient dependent and depending and and whatever whatever sort of their treatment calls for. Uh, But I will say, on a more general basis, yes, I think we get too many, way too much sugar. I mean, insulin resistance is really the main cause for cardiovascular disease right now. So anything that turned to sugar, I mean, as a society, we just eat too much sugar. Um, So, you know, lean meats, fruits and vegetables, healthy fats, you know, healthy proteins, uh, nuts, seeds, things like that. Um, And and look at balance, you know, have things in balance. I'm not, uh, sometimes I have to have patients on a very strict diet, but my goal is not to have you on a super, super strict diet your entire life, because let's be real. We we all want to live life, and some things are good for the soul. They may not be good for our body. <laughs> so, you know, um, I do. I am a big fan of eating healthy fats. I think it's really great um, for our metabolism, for our brains, for our hormones. Uh, I don't think we get enough healthy fats because for so long we were told that fat is bad. Fat is bad, I and mean, not all fats are bad. Healthy fats
0: yeah no definitely agree on on that and um now i do find it interesting how deficiencies can create such a wide range of symptoms in people and more importantly how certain deficiencies and we're just using this as an example um like magnesium is very important for improving absorption and conversion of other things etc what are some of the more common deficiencies you see and you know, how many of these are preventable by actually jumping off the dietary question, right? Through a balanced diet.
2: So, uh, you know, like you mentioned, magnesium is probably the number one deficiency. Uh, And most people don't even know it. Uh, But I would say most of us are magnesium deficient. Um, Other deficiencies that I see all the time, I see, you know, your methyl B vitamins, Um, that's really, really important for, you know, Several processes in your body for decreasing inflammation, for improving liver
1: detoxification, um, for mood—just uh, so many things that are tied back vitamins. So um, that's um,
2: so that's another deficiency I see all the time, and that deficiency can also lead to anemia. So you know, over time, it can lead to cumulative toxicity that deficiency can really lead to cumulative toxicity um, and, and and anemia so that's that's another another thing that we see quite a bit here. Um, vitamin D is always one we know that people are talking about and looking into. Uh, I do agree with vitamin D supplementation when it's needed. Um, if it's summer I usually try to get the patient to get it. More natural route. Uh, the reason being is I will have patients come in and you know they're taking like five thousand. I use a vitamin D every day for like the last year, and vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin, so it can become toxic and it can create toxicity in your body. The other thing that can happen is it works kind of like a hormone. So if you continue to take it, when you stop taking it, your body won't want to produce it. Now, so you don't want to you know use vitamin D as a crutch, um, consistently, maybe just a short crutch in the winter if you aren't getting enough sun and you're deficient. Um, those are the main ones that I see. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, I, I don't think it's, it's possible to sometimes get as much as you need through your diet. Uh, and that can depend on a number of different factors. Um, if, you are, if you have a genetic SNP for NTHFR, you're probably not going to get enough methylcobalamin, methyl B12. And methylfolate just from diet. So especially you know if you're in in your thirties and on up, because at that point you just have had so much cumulative stress system that you need to supplement in order to make sure that you're.
0: Function. Yeah, no, and it's it's. Uh, I should have had my wife on here to piggyback some of these questions because this is definitely way more of her world. Um, but she works she works exclusively with prenatal and postnatal, and this is what her prenatal intake talks about for probably 20 minutes. So She's talking about diet and supplementation because it's not just about you anymore. You're building another human, and these things need to be on point. Right,
2: and and that MTHFR Snip, I will add, is highly Tied to tongue ties, so you know if you aren't doing preconception planning, um, um, I, that's one of the things I like to talk to patients about. If I get mm-hmm. the
1: opportunity,
2: I usually give yourself a solid three months before you start to try to get pregnant, because let's fix some of these things that could potentially cause problems down the road. Uh, we want to ensure that you have the most you know healthy pregnancy, that your baby's healthy, that you're healthy, and you know start off on
0: right Yeah now. no that's that's so good because you know we we get we get we get a few people that are reach out to us before they they basically kind of like they know my wife works in this world and they're kind of like hey we're thinking about um, you know maybe starting a family soon and she's got I think she has a PDF that she'll just send out to people that basically is just like okay well if you were on if you were especially if you're on contraception beforehand right these are some things to consider and this is what you should be starting to take to just help build up that beforehand. And what's super interesting too, it's another one of those questions, were they there before or are we just seeing them more because they're, they're it's kind of the buzzword, but lip and tongue ties is huge. And she has been really making it a, uh, a big part of her practice of supporting women through that lactation process. Cause again, no offense to other chiros, most of it assume that a lactation issue is a subluxation or structural problem, which if the baby's not turning their head, yes, makes sense. But you have to assess
1: the suckle. You have to look at an evaluation for those tether oral ties.
2: Right. And, I, and I do, I think that, you know, these, these conditions are exponential right now, and I do think they're on the rise. I don't, I mean, I started practicing mm. 20 years ago, and I was not seeing, I wasn't seeing either objectively or just hearing from patients subjectively about these things. Um, that really sort of came into play five years in the practice, and you know, you look back at how we've changed our foods, how we've um, changed vaccination schedules, how we've, um, you know, how we've farmed in this country, um, the amount of chemicals that the cross contamination and all of the farming in the United States, the amount of glyphosate in all of our foods. Those things are all being introduced to us at a very young age. So we're coming into this world with an immune system that's just being bombarded. And I think we're going to continue to see this. I think autoimmune diseases and and these types of conditions are going to be on the rise. So if... And eventually it needs to be addressed. Um, I do also think that is why we're looking for
0: functional medicine. So this is is an interesting uh, point because if if they're being introduced at a, a young age, but yet it's so mainstream with how our lifestyle is... I mean, let's say, for instance, someone wants to make the right decisions, they want to start eating healthier, we'd obviously have to start outsourcing and resourcing towards local produce that's not doing these things correct. But other than that, is it fixed through, you know supplements and other things like that because i'm just thinking more from like an internal thing right if we're introducing chemicals and toxins internally we're trying to do our best to avoid those certain things but what could we potentially introduce to help turn back the hands of time essentially
2: right that is you know that kind of leans me towards the, the topic of you know should we be supplementing every day Um, And I do think there is a lot that we can do to offset and negate the damage that we are, you know, sort of involuntarily um, exposed to on a regular basis. And I also think it's necessary um, because to some degree it's just unavoidable, right? So when I, you know, I take my supplements every day and a lot of it is to offset, you know, that damage, that oxidative stress to your body. Uh, and there are also things you can do for your kids. Um, I'm not opposed to starting a couple of these things at a really young age. I mean, just something as simple as an omega and a daily vitamin mm-hmm. for your child could really be helpful. Uh, but the more you do when they're young, you know the better chance you give them as as they grow into an adult, the more you can do to optimize their health in their future uh, and And that I don't think it's ever too late to start working on your health. I want to emphasize that, but um, I'm a huge proponent of making sure we take care of our kids and make sure that we're doing everything possible for our children so that we're not stacking all of these things, all of these cumulative toxins up in their body. And they end up, you know, in my office in their mid-20s, just, just a wreck. You know, their health is just completely, you know, of sorts. And it's, it's a huge uphill battle at that point. Something that I turn around and work with, with patients all the time. But one thing functional medicine is not is it's usually not an overnight type thing. Um, this isn't I'm going to give you a pill and you're going to feel better tomorrow. That's not how it works. I'll give you this, the tools and the skills that you need to turn your own health around, and I'll be here to hold your hand. But you know, it's work. Yeah, it's and that's worked.
0: and that's the big and that's the big takeaway is that it we always we always tell this to people too, right? Like I'm not I'm not fixing you. When I see people for my low back program, whether that be local or remote is which remote even emphasizes that that just like you're in infer- most of what you do, right? It can be telehealth, it can be remote, which I think is very fascinating and, and very powerful because I don't want people to use us as a crutch towards towards them either not getting the results or the results that they need, right? It's it should be fairly self-sufficient. And we just want to be that guide to help open up possibilities and doors or opportunities, if you will. Um so we're talking very granular, right? Um, what do you do for your own fitness and health? What's kind of your routine or your
1: lifestyle right now, being a small business owner, et cetera?
2: I, you know, as I've, I've, I've been doing this now, this is my 20th year in business, um, and I've really started to lean towards making sure that I have a very balanced lifestyle. So balance between work and home, um, relationships, relationships. Um, I'm, I'm, ai am kind of a, an adrenaline junkie when it comes to exercise. And so I have to make sure I take care of myself because of that. But I, I do love, you know, I love running. I love cycling. Um, I have done some extreme racing. I've done one Ironman. I'm probably never going to do one again. <laughs> it, it, you know, the work that you have to do on yourself afterwards, um, if I know what my optimum health is, and I know that I mm-hmm. wasn't after that. Bad, so, uh, but I enjoy I enjoy racing. I enjoy, like, the fun of racing. So, um, obviously, this year I'm not going to be racing at all, but, um, you know, I think I'm going to stick to, like, half marathons and anything, anything less than that in the future. And um, getting proper sleep, I think, is so important. Um, making sure you have fun. Making sure that you have gratitude for what you do have, and you aren't focusing on what all the things that you don't have. Um, those are the big things for me. Obviously, I I supplement and I try to eat well. Um, I stick to. I do eat meat, um, but I you know I stick to non-inflammatory meats uh, for the most part. Um, and splurge on splurge on a steak
1: every now and then too. Um, I'm. We have to you know to to have some enjoyment
2: and and to stay healthy while we do it, but. Um, you know, I I'm not a hundred percent not a hundred percent clean all the time, but I would say I'm probably eighty five percent. But you know, I like to have a glass of wine every now and then, and I think that's okay to say because I want patients to understand that I'm normal too. I'm I'm just like you. I you know I I like to splurge on some things. I like to have a piece of cake every now and then.
0: Too. Everything in moderation, <laughs> including moderation.
2: Hey, everything in moderation. You shouldn't be deprived, but you should. as a a whole be focusing on living a healthy lifestyle every day and you have to you know look at all of those aspects of health exercise diet you know relationships keeping stress to a minimum well it's It's
0: interesting i had a uh, i had dan john on my podcast a couple weeks ago who's a he's a he's a well-known strength and conditioning coach and some one of the things that came up was someone asking oh he was at he told a story about how he was at dinner and someone was like oh well did you have dessert or something like that he's like well, yeah. He's like, it's not an issue to have dessert. It's an issue when you have dessert every <laughs> single day. That's what the problem is. <laughs> yeah. So I love right. it. Um, well, I have exhausted my questions. This has been awesome because I learned a lot myself um, and I'm super uh, more so from just a local perspective, uh, excited to learn more about what you do and being able to use you as a resource for my uh, patients and my clients, et cetera. But is there anything else you want to add before we kind of wrap up?
2: Um, you know, I will yes, add quickly because I think it's one of the questions I get all the time is, well, what do you take every day? Mm. Uh, and I think I'd just like to put that out there because I do think it is helpful. Um, one of the things I take every day is glutathione, and I think it's because this is coming up with deficiencies again, but I don't think that we are, I think we're deficient in glutathione, which is our which is our body's most potent antioxidant, and um, we're constantly exposed to things that are causing an oxidative response in our body. So, you know, by taking glutathione, we can help negate that. Um, I also take a mitochondrial supplement, anything that's going to improve, you know, cellular processes in the body, um, improve energy and, and just allow our body the energy to heal uh, if it needs to heal because it's constantly, our immune system is constantly being triggered. Uh, I also take, I take my methyl B vitamins because I do have an MTHFR SNP so those are really important for me. Um, I take an omega and when I need to, I take a vitamin D. So occasionally I'll throw in a multivitamin but those are the supplements that I take on a regular basis uh aside from that i do i i eat a lot of like dark leafy greens and i stick to like i said mostly lean meats fruits, awesome
0: vegetables. i love that that's a that's a good list to be able to put up and i'll put that in the show notes as well um one thing i did forget to ask you which i usually ask at the beginning i apologize how can people connect with you uh what's the best way to uh learn more uh, about you what you do your practice or yeah just connect
2: Thank you so much. Great. Um, you can reach us um, online at www.drgingerwolf.com. That's Wolf with an E. Um, or you can call us at 303-447-2225. Um, we have an online schedule as well. So some people like to call us like to schedule online and we always offer free 15-minute functional medicine consults so if it's something you've been thinking about or you just want to know more about and know how it can pertain to your particular health situation um, that's a great way to come in we can do it virtually we can see you in the office get to know you and and I can explain what I can do to help you Um, and also I'd be more than happy to help you doc Um, if you want to do those two tests I'd love to like do that with you and we sit down together
0: and yeah that'd be great because I, I don't so. even know honestly the last um, I will say this probably the last time I've had a test was just when I gave blood or donated <laughs> and they just gave me like the just generic thing that you find out from that
2: knowledge <laughs> is power and it, it- Allows you to take even more control. No, I love it. So
0: that's that's great. And honestly, what I should I should add, just because you brought it up early on, um, one thing I am more interested in is the stool test. Um, I've never like been clinically diagnosed with, let's say, like IBS, but like you said, it's kind of like BS. It's kind of always just been a a fast. Uh, transit type of time. And yeah. my wife uh, always jokes sometimes. Uh, but she actually helped me out <laughs> with, uh, actually, I take a magnesium and a glutamine and zinc have actually been helping a tremendous amount. But uh, life, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, lifestyle-wise, yes. though, things do yes. not uh, help it, such as too much of this. Um, uh, coffee, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and with three kids under five, I seem to drink that. Uh, at a very equal balance amount of water. But the other thing that I've also found out more recently is alcohol. Alcohol definitely uh, on those weekend days where I don't have as much to do, where I maybe have a little bit more whiskey, I can definitely tell my my gut lining is, or my gut just in general, not, don't know of lining, um, uh, is just different than what it is on a normal basis. So um, obviously lifestyle things permitting, but I think it would be interesting to find out what's going on.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to do that. So that
0: would be no only in our world would would we think messing with poop is fun people.
1: <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. Well um <laughs> Uh, thank you again. This has, been, this has been awesome. It was really nice to virtually meet you officially uh, and uh, chat about what you do and learn more about your practice. Uh, I know uh, just from I, the, the listeners that th- thus far have been interacting with me about the podcast, are going to find this very valuable
1: and very interesting. So I really appreciate your time.
2: Thank you so much for having me on. I love that we can talk about this and it's great just to get, you know, more of the, more of this out there. So people know what their options are and, and can
0: take great.
1: control well, of us. Yeah. So. All right. Enjoy so the rest much. of your day. All right, guys. So I apologize. We're going to splice this in because at the end,
0: just due to time and everything else, I kind of got a little off track and I forgot to ask Dr. Wolf for a challenge. So the challenge that we want to encourage you guys to do not only for this week but also just really just moving also really just moving forward is to ask the question why. So as we stated in the podcast good doctors know what to do great doctors know why we're doing whatever intervention that is. So this week This week, what we want you to encourage you to do is start looking kind of on a daily basis. Is just like, why am I doing this? Is this benefiting my health, right? So for instance, a lot of us, we talked about supplements. Why am I taking this particular supplementation? Were you just told to take it? at some point in time without really understanding why. So maybe you need to reach back out to your practitioner that recommended that supplementation. Why am I doing this particular exercise? Is it benefiting me? Why is it benefiting me? What is going on in my life that is trying to benefit? Okay, now moving forward, this is even... um, just as, if not more important, as you go down the road and you have more interactions with healthcare providers and they want to suggest some sort of intervention, we want to encourage you to ask why. Why are we doing this? What is this going to change
1: for me? So that is your challenge this week and moving forward. Thanks again. Alright guys, thanks again for tuning into the Movement Code Podcast. I hope you really
0: enjoyed this episode. Again, I apologize the audio was a little bit, uh, it was a little off. We were dealing with some internet connectivity issues and, and whatnot, but we just wanted to roll with it because we had it had been hard for us to schedule that interview, and I'm glad we did because uh, it was a ton of great information. And I'm looking forward to uh, connecting with Dr. Ginger Wolf myself and doing some of the blood work and other tests that we had discussed about. Just because I want to, I want to know more about my body. I want to try to and continue to improve my body. I want to continue to try to be as healthy. as As I can and not just kind of coast by so again if you're in Boulder be sure to look her up Um, she's just right in Boulder here if you're not um, you know you can always uh, uh, look up uh, on her website and just learn more about her gain some of the knowledge and understanding that she's providing and giving and uh, and go from there Uh, be sure to follow her on social media if you have not done so I will post her uh, her handles and her information on the show notes so be sure to check those out and we look forward to seeing you guys next week once again subscribe if you have not done so already uh, if you are enjoying the episode please leave us a review we'd love to to get the feedback from you guys and always reach out to me individually I would love to hear more about the topics that you guys want to hear about so I can bring you more and more valuable information so thanks again